podcast. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. The podcast has had over 1 million plays and that's all thanks to you. For the holidays, I bring you the best of series for 2023, the most listened to and loved episodes. If you enjoy the podcast, you can review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts or drop me a line on social media. This episode is brought to you by Gin & Co, author website design specialists. If you want a beautiful and functional website to promote your books and brand, reach out to Jin today. His work includes tailored, expertly designed, professional author websites. I finally have a website I'm proud to share. And we've got a special offer for Words and Nerds listeners. Reach out today and get a free domain name and website hosting for the first year. You can get their website essentials package, includes domain name, website hosting, backup and security, free for the first year with any website purchase. This is valued at $330 a year. Choose a website designed to bring your author brand to life. You can find more details about this special offer at ginand.co forward slash words and nerds. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm Danny V, podcast host and children's author. I also do some work in publishing in acquisitions and publicity. As we hurdle towards 1 million plays, we'll continue to provide you with conversational, vulnerable, honest and fun chats with your favourite authors across all genres. Check out our takeover episodes, usually released on a Friday, and our spin-offs released during the month. Thank you for being here, being part of the journey, and supporting Aussie Creatives. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I'm triple super excited because I am welcoming a national treasure and superstar, Trent Dalton, whose first novel, Boy Swallows Universe, smashed it out of the park. Then he dazzled us with all our shimmering skies, then sat on a sidewalk and interviewed people about their love stories. And now we have the new book, Highly anticipated, Lola in the Mirror. Welcome back, Trent Dalton. Oh, Danny, thanks for having me. You're a massive part of that whole journey. And it's, um, yeah, I just, I get very fond memories of chatting to you in this very room, actually. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm speaking to you uh, from my office where I wrote Boy Swallows Universe, where I wrote all those books you just mentioned, in fact. Um, and But I do remember very fondly, um, nervously chatting to you for one of pr probably possibly the very first long form podcast I ever did about Boys Falls Universe. And you were so, so lovely and warm and encouraging about that. And back in the days when I still had huge doubts about what that thing could do. And, um, and you really helped me believe in it. And uh, so it's just really great to be chatting some five or so years on. So yeah, yeah great right? to be here. It's gone fast, hasn't it? Well, sometimes I just spot a book, I'm like, you know, this, this is going to be special. And that's why I kind of hunted you down. I was like, right. I don't need to speak to you about oh. this. Oh, wow. That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that's so lovely. But you like wrote a book and you wrote like. Oh, a couple a of picture books. Book yeah. And... Yeah. So that's been. A couple yeah, of picture books. Yeah. And your it's... podcast has gone off and you've had the most amazing series of writers on your podcast and just all, it's really nice to sort of, it's been a pleasure for me to watch the podcast grow and turn into this kind of wonderful thing. Yeah. It's been kind of cool actually when you mentioned that the first time we spoke and then what has happened between then and now. We've done a lot of stuff, Trent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, you know, and I, I think I'm literally looking at a picture of my daughters from around that time, like five years ago, oh, like wow. a framed picture on my desk. And it's like, yeah, like in that world. And now they're like, yeah. one of them's 
about to not too far away from graduating high school now and it's just wow like, that's the stuff that really sort of sings to me like it's just you know it's amazing and yeah. and yeah it's very well, special so true. it's true sort because of... i started this podcast and my kids were really little like i'm talking five yep. and three or something and so now yeah. you know you just saw one of them in the yeah. background and now they're yeah. like fully yeah so your boy's like, like reading maze runner you were telling me <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like reading novels. Now, mum, like you would have all this wealth of information to give your kids about like, here's some good reads. You know? Yeah, but you know they don't want your advice. Cool. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find my own books, thanks, mum. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's yeah, <it>. that's right. <laughs> Doesn't matter yeah. what you do, you're never going to be cool to your kids. So just. You, you know what? Well, I was just, t- today's a really special day in the Dalton household, this the finished copy of Lola arrived Lola in the mirror my latest novel and dead set for the first time I swear my eldest daughter Beth was like pouring over it and just really like this one I think this is the one Danny that she's going to really dive into so she's been reading love stories which is a great little um way into her father's writing but um but this this Lola one and it's you know I thought oh that's brilliant you know there's so much to it like she got drawn into these illustrations that are in it and Mm. the the cover's really striking and all that but she was just like no this one looks really cool dad this one looks you know I was like oh yes yes this might (laughs) be the one and I think it's the age thing as well you know she might be the right age now to sort of um dig into your books oh I love that it's so lovely well, absolutely. Like I was forever telling people you have to be fought and up because my niece, this beautiful niece of mine, Mara, was one of the first people to ever read the manuscript of Boy Swallows Universe. And that's amazing for her because it relates to like, you know, um, her family, that book. Mm-hmm. And and it was such an eye opener for her. But I remember her, I asked, asked her like, do you think your friends would read that? Like, is that okay for them? And she's like, yeah, Trent, we hear worse than this, on the, <laughs> you know, on the schoolyard and all that. And that was really encouraging. So I, I do often say to people, you can tackle fourteen, um, Boy Swallows Universe at fourteen if you're a bit more of an ants reader at fourteen. But yeah, um, but yeah. So my my girls are certainly ready for for all of them. In fact, yeah. and uh, there's a couple like um, all our shimmering skies was completely written for them. So it'd be mm. really good if they actually read it. So, yeah. <laughs> it's funny though because I think it's when you're a kid, like I remember reading bloody Flowers in the Attic when I was twelve. Like how oh. bad is that? <laughs> oh, Flowers in the Attic was the scariest thing on earth, right? And oh I was my lord! Twelve. Yeah. Wow, probably in the attic. shouldn't have been reading yeah. that. So when my and I look, I feel like I'm okay. And so when my son brought home Scythe, he's eleven with this like yeah. killer with a bloody axe on the front. I was like, "All oh, right, right. Yeah, I think you'll be okay. You, I think you'll be all right." <laughs> I love it. I love it. I remember we'll my dad handing me Silence Sol- of the Lambs, like oh. literally at twelve. Like, oh, wow. it was big in our house, and so. Yeah, yeah. He would hand it to my older brothers and because just everyone just assumed we were the same age, even though, like, my oh. oldest brother's, like, you know, he at the time is 17 and it just all, you know, so I've got three older brothers. So we're all just reading the same sort of horrific stuff. <laughs> same and, as uh, movies, yeah, so, though, But it's right? really good. I don't know. But do you remember in the yeah, 80s, you know, right. like, I'd watch terrifying movies that I would never let my kids watch oh, at 11 man. now and I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street oh. and all that stuff. Yeah, completely. It was a different time completely. though, wasn't it? Like, We've spoken about where this. I, yeah, I, I would dread it. I'd be sitting there watching Friday the 13th or something and just going, this is awful. And I'd go to bed like, having nightmares and I'm like, yeah, it's because I'm eight. I'm eight years of age. You know, <laughs> you know what? I should be I, watching um, The yes. Lion King or something. <laughs> I reckon I had so much more resilience as like a 13-year-old watching Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I'm watching Yellow Jackets oh, yeah. now and I'm terrified. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know. Same. I know. I spook so easily now. Yeah, that's so funny. Hey? Yeah. Weird. Love anyway, it. Trent, Love let's it. get back to the book, shall we? I know we, yeah, we will go on many tangents. I'll try and get us yeah, back to yeah, Lola yeah. in the Mirror as I often as I, I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me with an elevator pitch. I know you did this beautiful speech at HarperCollins, which I wish I'd written down every word, but give us an elevator pitch. Oh, yeah, I loved that night. Um, Lola in the Mirror is my is born from my thinking about that incredibly intimate moment we all have at least maybe once a day for a couple of minutes, some of us longer, some of us shorter, but that incredibly intimate and quiet and revealing and illuminating moment in which we stare into the mirror and we see all of our past and all of our present and uh, all of our possible futures. And I just have been thinking a bit about that and that incredibly sort of um, honest moment that that is and uh and then it got me thinking a bit deeper about um the times when i was a kid uh staring into mirrors and and dreaming up versions of myself that i would become and so that's where it comes from it's the story of a girl who who finds this mirror and she considers it quite magical and she starts seeing a version of a of a woman who she might want to be and uh a woman she can look up to and we don't quite know who that woman is, but this girl's nameless um, and, and she's on the run with her mum. Uh, she's just turned 17 and uh, for 16 years she's been raised on the run, uh, being dragged right across Australia, um, trying to avoid the authorities who might be after a mum who shoved a knife through the throat of um, a monster back in a kitchen that they're running away from. And they fall into a homeless community in uh, my home city of Brisbane, and uh, and it's the story of this girl's search for identity, um, the story of a search for the past, and it's the story of Australia in 2023 in a time in which we're, you know, tonight as we speak, Danny, there's 120,000 Australians sleeping rough tonight, and I wanted to talk about that. But um, how do you talk about those important things that are facing Australia um, and still get people actually wanting to really stay with your book, I really believe, in getting people to embrace a book and, and diving into the story and wanting to be a part of it. And, uh, and so whilst it's all those things, it's also just a love story and it's a mystery novel and it's a crime yarn. <laughs> um, and it's um, an adventure action pack halfway uh, through kind of yarn um, that kind of explodes into kind of some terrifying moments and some hopefully really beautiful moments. And um yeah, but ultimately it's a love story, really. It's um, it's it's a love story for me, leaning into the love aspects that I kind of touched on in both All Our Shimmering Skies and Boy Swallows Universe, but this really leans in heavily. And um, it's a love story written by the guy who wrote Boy Swallows Universe, totally. Like, it's sort of my dream kind of love story. <laughs> it's sort of how, you know, it's as romantic as I get, you know. And, um, yeah, so therefore it's a girl who falls in with a community of drug dealers um, who manages to to fall in love at the same time and try and navigating. She's trying to navigate all those things and still chase down a dream that she can kind of see inside this mirror when she looks at it every day. Mm. Now I've got about 400,000 questions just from what you've said then. So oh, <laughs> I'm cool, going to go cool. right, yeah, back, right back to, the, to yeah, what you great. said about the mirror. And I was thinking yeah. a lot about this mirror because I thought, you know, mirrors can show you so many things. They can, you know, help you reflect on who you are. 
they also reflect back yeah. sometimes very honestly who you are and maybe those parts that you don't want to yeah. admit, which I think we can only do at a certain oh, age, sure. I reckon. But I also really loved the idea yeah. that who I am now and the possibilities of who I could be and the woman she sees in the mirror and how how do you get there? So I just feel like there was so much because I think we've all been there. You know, I think we've all been in we've been in unhappy situations or relationships or whatever. And we've seen this person in the mirror and I know I have, I've thought, how did I get here? You know, I shouldn't be here. How, how did I get here? And then how do I get out? So that's what spoke to me a lot about that mirror. Oh, you're giving me chills. (laughs) I'm dead set getting chills because you've nailed exactly what is that the, the absolute theme I was trying to, to get across, which is, um, we will not be defined by our blood and we will not be defined by our past. And, um, and you, you can shape the person who you see in the mirror. And, uh, and that all comes Danny from feeling the similar thing, like, you know, not, not being happy with the person looking back at me, you know, and, and, you know, particularly, you know, I would dead set do it when I was 12 years of age, back when all the Boy Swallows Universe stuff, and I'm talking like prisons and people you love going away and um, people you love deal with demons and like, you know, maybe depression and a lot of sorrow and sadness. And But you're 12 years of age and reality hasn't kicked in so much yet. And so I would stare in the mirror and kind of see versions of myself that were so wild and um, ambitious and ridiculous, like like sporting heroes. And I thought I would one day... I saw in the mirror like a 5'8 for the Brisbane Broncos, you know, and uh, and then by the time you turn 14, it's a bit more edgier and you see Kurt Cobain or Eddie Vedder or um, Daniel Day-Lewis, these heroes of mine on the arms of Winona Ryder. And, uh, but then de- dead set by like 16, I really stopped, genuinely stopped looking in the mirror, you know, like because I was actually, I think I was actually really sad and I think um, I was saddened by the present, like, and I talk about this like, you know, like this 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 girl in this book, this nameless girl can can see the past and the present and these futures, and and I saw the past and the present as well in that mirror when I was sixteen, and I did not like what I saw. And so, if you don't like your present, then you're sure as shit not going to like the future that you see, the future self. You know, and I just I just distinctly remember like just pu- pulling a pulling an American baseball cap over my my eyes and and just just rarely looking in the mirror and being proud of myself and, and, and it, yeah. And it was just like, I love that you said that Danny, that you've had those moments where you Mm. get like, how, how did I get here? You know? And, and, uh, you know, and then the funny thing that happened to me is that by some miracle, like I, I kind of met, you know, like it's terribly, uh, it's terribly cheesy, but it's true. Like it's a fact, like, I only really started liking what I saw in the mirror after I met my wife and, and started to see this sort of, I don't know, just the whole world open up and, and you open up. Like I, like I genuinely started to see the friggin' sparkle again or, you know, the 12-year-old sparkle but because you just care about stuff again and you, yeah. you care about life. Whereas I think when I was like 16 to 20 and drinking heaps and smoking heaps and it, the things I'd stare in the mirror and say to myself were like, you know, fuck them all, basically, like mm. three words, fuck them all. And, mm. and it was just like such a such a negative thing to see in the mirror. And, uh, and um, you know, by the time I was 20, I was saying stuff like go get it all, you know, mm. um, take it all, get yours, and um, the whole world is open for you. And, and you know, and, and, and then I did, you know, I became a journo and all sorts of stuff really happened from that. And it's, um, but it, but 
to do any of that stuff, you've got to kind of be okay with what you're seeing in the mirror. And I, and it's, so it's a really deep um, thing. These things we call mirrors, I think they are very deep yeah. and it's so funny. Like the whole concept is, I wanted to write a book about that. I really mean what I say. We, we give it, we give it maybe 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, five minutes. We're doing our hair or whatever. And you have these moments of profundity and, and, uh, and you, like these deep insights into yourself right and then maybe your kids come and go hey mom or like hey dad dad you know I, I better go i better get out of that deep existential moment i'm having in the bathroom mirror because i've got to go make the vegemite sandwiches for my daughter's lunch you know so i wanted to tap into that stuff that we all do secretly um which is sort of touch the source of something deeper within ourselves and mm. i want to write a whole book about that and kind of stay that. in that moment for 400 pages and see sort of <laughs> keep revisiting this thing and and then and then also working at that idea you know because what was happening to me as a kid was the world was coming in and kind of destroying those positive versions of myself like like literally what if you saw a version of yourself in the mirror that was being disintegrated by the outside world you know mm. and I was like oh that's really cool like that you know literally what if the version you saw was losing a limb because mm. of the outside world or yeah. what if the version was like losing an eyeball and I was like oh that started to get really cool and I was like oh that's something really powerful as a as a deeper thing you know and so anyway that Denny I just want to say that that's so cool that you tapped into because that is absolutely the meaning of the book mm. what you just said you know and, and, and you a, can shape that yeah you can but there's a kind of an anxiety as well in a can I get there and b which version do you choose because I think you were talking oh. about that self-preservation you know that fuck you all sort of thing but then now you know you talk about love and I feel like you you're more vulnerable as I am as you get older and I feel like there's so much strength in vulnerability but you don't understand that when you're younger and I think that's what scares me about well not scares me but it's kind of exciting but it's also kind of anxiety inducing is like which path do I choose and how do I know it's the right one oh or the knife edge and the the sheer <laughs> miracle that you didn't choose the other way you yeah know, exactly i'm sure you've had your times like i have or anyone yeah. has where i thought man i dedicate the book i dedicate that whole book danny to people um who who refused to jump in the river and also i dedicate it to the people who did jump in the river and yeah. what i mean by that is the people who have succumbed to the weight of life and the people who haven't and also to the people who help us with the weight and mm. it's like it terrifies me how easy it would have been to jump in the river, you know, yeah. and what the metaphorical river of, yeah. of whatever it was that was bugging me, you know, and and it's like, yeah, it's amazing sometimes that that we choose certain versions and we choose to pursue glimmers of ourselves and, and really, and why life doesn't for some let those people find those versions of themselves mm. and why for others they're so hard to find, you know, mm. and um and I know there's a series of very highly complex things that come into that you know and so like oh mate i mean i i think about that before i start writing like i think about that stuff like literally before my fingers tap a keyboard like that's how much that type of stuff means mm -hmm. to me like what you're saying so right now which is what you know i i tell any person of you know teenage years to just like please hold on and don't don't consider any of this definite don't don't consider any of these versions of yourself as set. Yeah, you know, because, that's the beauty um, of it, though, isn't it? You can change at any time. You have the power completely. to change at any time. Completely. Which completely. is really positive. <laughs> oh, that's what Boy Swallows Universe is yeah. all about, too. It's all about, you know, swallow the shit. And, mm. and 
and live please just keep going until you're oh man i'll tell you the most important thing that happened to me in the past five years since i've last talked to you danny um i got this got this message from a kid in south korea and um and uh it was an instagram message and uh and he just said thank you i don't know where uh dara brisbane queensland australia is like he knows where australia is he doesn't know where dara brisbane queensland was um and he said i just read the the korean translation of voice as universe and i just want you to know that i've decided to um continue living until adulthood yeah he wow. said he said that yeah wow i've decided to wait i've decided to make it to adulthood the power of words because, power no, i'm of just story. like yeah and it's just like Amazing. what if that what if that kid just like what if that kid settled yeah on what he was seeing you know what if he just stopped there you know and mm. it's just oh man it's like it's so powerful and it's it like is. yeah like all of that stuff is fed into lola in the mirror you know and mm. I, I just I felt it trent I can't felt wait it. for Oh, great, great. That's really great. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for like any, you know, yeah, younger readers in particular, you know, going through that particular yeah. stuff about identity. I just I just hope there's some stuff there for them to to latch onto and go, yeah, that's that's a that's a really kind of positive thing that this mm. through this wild journey that this kid goes on. 17-year-old girl going through all the shit. Every almost everything that she's gonna face is hopefully there's something there to tell us about about you know, mm. staying just to find out who who's going to present itself in mm. the mirror. Yeah. And what's next? I really loved what you said about you dedicated the book to people who jumped in the river and people who didn't because I think as I get yeah. older, it's so easy to judge people, but then you, every time you hear yeah. someone's story, you're like, oh, like I get it or I have empathy for you or of course yeah, you made yeah. that decision. And so as I've gotten older and, you know, I've made yeah. plenty of mistakes myself, um, I just think I'm not going to, put a judgment or my judgment on anyone else because we've all gotten to where I think oh. we're just all doing our best, you know, even if that doesn't oh, look like yeah. that from the outside, I feel like we're just all doing our best. And that's what I saw with this book. Everyone was just trying to do and be the best they can with what they've got oh. at that moment. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, I love people who do that. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've spent, um, I've been a journo for 23 years now and I, I think they're my favourite stories to write. Like I, I love writing stories about Australians who are continuing to try and do the best they can. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like I've just done so many stories on just people who are so up against it. And yeah. I've done stories on people like, you know, people who lost like four people at once in wow. a car accident. Oh. And you just go, how, how, you know, how, how, how are you doing this? Mm. How, you know, and, and they do, you know, and, and, uh, and then, Equally, just someone, um, you know, who's lost their wife of, you know, who they were married to for 60 years. And like, yeah, man, they're just still trying to just do the best they can. And yeah, yeah it's so beautiful. I love that. You're so right. It's a theme through every character in mm. Lola in the Mirror. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. And that, and the people who aren't, the people who aren't trying to do the best they can are trying to take shortcuts and generally they're criminals and, you know, and, and it's sort of like, but you're so right. The people who are up against it and, largely in this book homeless they are absolutely making the best that they can mm. out of out of what they've got and, and, I think um, if and you that's see a trait that, though, yeah absolutely but i think if you see that with your parents and your kids and you know your friends yeah. or your partner we're all just trying to do our best i think you become a little bit more forgiving and a little bit more accepting it's like I, we are just doing our best we might not get it right a lot of the time but 
I guess if you're if you're in that place of you're just doing the best you can each day, getting up each morning. I mean, I feel like it's I feel like it's kind of it's a liberating thought. Oh hell yeah! Oh Dan, I've been doing this thing lately with my girls, like not not letting them in on any. Like just just being willing to share the tougher times with them. Like whereas once we probably shielded all, you know, any really tough stuff, whatever, whatever it is, right? Like like whatever stuff I might be going through with some, you know, just some really deep relationship that I really care about that might not be working as well as I had hoped or or or, or I screwed up, you know, somewhere along the way. And and Lord knows a freaking writer who delves in the world of writing books and gets lost into that stuff can easily screw up all the time and uh, and say stupid things and rub people up the wrong way. And I, I just sometimes, like, if I'm bothered by something and my daughters ask me, I'll really tell them, you know, and just, like, just tell them honestly, like, this is, this is what's really hurting me right now. Yeah. And it's been wonderful because they go, yeah, right, right. Yeah, that guy feels exactly like I do sometimes, you know, and, and it's like been this great thing for them, you know, and it's like, I love what you're saying. You're so right. Like, it's so good. I remember when, you know, when my old man, he sort of raised my three older brothers and I by himself and and his most tender and vulnerable was like the night after he'd get on the piss and and he was so lovable the night after a massive bender and, you know, putting holes in the walls and stuff. And I loved him so much the next morning because he, I don't know, he didn't be so vulnerable and just yeah. let us into what he's battling, you know, and yeah. what might have caused some of the the reasons for him to drink, you know. Mm. And I just learned so much in those moments. And and that's a beautiful thing, you know. Yeah. That's so, and I, I just strongly recommend all of us accepting our our failings and our mistakes and, and sharing them yeah and and, mm. and you're right that's that's how we learn and how you mm. kind of feel at ease about yourself too absolutely I've, I've always seen a bit of beauty in the broken you know and i see that in this book you know the little bit of broken yeah. pieces of us i actually find them quite mm. beautiful because that makes us real you know and i love what you said yeah. about your daughter yeah. because i've you know i like to say experience but it's suffering i've suffered anxiety <laughs> for most of my life and yeah, right. I think I made that decision to show my kids, not like, you know, show them, but if I was feeling it, I would feel it and I wouldn't shield it from them because I thought, oh, I brilliant. think it's important for them to know that there's another, there's, there's a way through it. And I think it was a probably a good decision because my daughter now suffers anxiety. And so I always say, well, you've yeah. seen me in my darkest places and look, there's a way through oh. it. And so I think that really resonated with me because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think you have to be, you know, age appropriately human with your kids so they can then yeah. go, well, there is a way through. And that's what I say. It doesn't matter how bad your anxiety gets, there's a way through. You may not think it and it may be really dark, but there's always a way through. And so I think that vulnerability and honesty with your kids is actually a really important lesson. Oh, man. I, oh, Danny, don't even get me started on that. I mean, I, similar, similar. Like, I mean, you know, um, very similar sort of chats I've had with my daughter and, and both my daughters. And But I, I find it so handy to just when she's going through something, for example, you know, just whatever recently there's just, you know, she has the same affliction that her father does of um, an in inability to say no. <laughs> I feel that too. <laughs> like just an immediate no, right? Like just that, you know, you might hurt someone's feelings and whatever. <laughs> just ridiculous. Just like this stupid thing that's plagued my adult life. 
and she's got the same thing and it's like whether it's genetic or she's watched her old man do it for, for <laughs> like both nurture nature. And, uh, <laughs> but i just say i just say i'm so sorry you've got your dad's disease like and it's like so let's work through this together and she she clocks me now she clocks me now and she goes dad just say no just say no you know, oh, she'll sort of help that. me out with it oh, like that's that. the level it can go and yes. i'm saying you're right you, it's like age appropriate you're not it's not about burdening our children with these <laughs> no. things but it's so positive and it's so kind of oh mate i mean that's the whole theme of the book though it's like how how do we know about what's going on out there um mm. You know, we know the numbers, right? So we know that, you know, 128,000 Australians sleeping rough. But I have this kind of stuff in my head that is based on like 15 years of documenting a particular Brisbane homeless shelter, meeting so many people, like literally hundreds, um, and kind of some of them ducking back in and still checking in on their lives like every five years or so. And so why not put all that into a book if I can? And then like, like what we're saying with our kids is it's just shared knowledge and shared understanding. Well, I'm just trying to do that a little bit also in talking about this, you know, really urgent social issue right now that's that we're facing. So it's sort of, yeah, like I believe in what we're saying as a, on a parent level, but also just as a writing level, like that's the whole power of writing for me is that is that that's essentially what we are doing. Like that's what I get from Geraldine Brooks when she writes, about pain i'm like that's her just going isn't this what pain feels like or um you know i get that or steinbeck do it isn't this what sorrow feels like yeah it is thank you thank you for giving me your version of it you know that's like that's like you know it's the same thing that we're doing with our kids and i I think that's a really beautiful generous thing that writers do and but also it's a generous thing that the reader does to go yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna really devote my time to finding out how you feel about this particular subject and 128,000 people rough. I mean, it's a horrific figure, but I think what you've yeah. done in this book, you've given them names and you've given them humanity and you've made us, I think, just think about that a little bit more. And I think that's really important because we hear statistics all the time and then we go, oh, that's terrible, and then we move on and cook dinner. But once you've given them a yeah. face and a heart and a life, it's much harder to walk away. Oh, Danny, thanks for saying that. That's really cool. Yeah. But, um, well, and all, all those people, all those stories are real. Like they, mm-hmm. they all came from, I wrote a book about a decade ago called Detours and it was just a, it was a fundraising book that like it did not set the literary world on fire at all. It was just <laughs> like, and it was made by this homeless shelter and we sold, you know, about 500 copies and it featured 30 people from this homeless shelter just telling stories of the detour that their life took that led them to homelessness. And the whole point of it was to show people that it's not the myth that we might think, um, that it's drugs and drink that um, will put you on the path to homelessness. Mm -hmm. Drugs and drink will keep you, may very well keep you on, on the street, but they often won't put you there. What will put you there is the same shit we're talking about, like despair, sorrow, anxiety um um job loss death grief um you know and or incredible misfortune you know um so there's a guy in the book called Serge and he comes straight from a guy um he was a real life guy in Brisbane and I I did he's in the detours book and he was an army guy tank driver and um he got he got glassed at a bar and lost a, lost his left eye just a, that's his turn that's his detour moment you know he, he loses his vision starts drinking um loses his job 
loses his accommodation, feels sad as hell, says, hey, you know, why not hit the street? And it's yeah. just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get at that sort of thing and it's sort of I've done it in my journalism a bit is, is um, you know, that whole get close thing and, and you know, that's what writers should do. We help people get a little bit closer to these people and so I love that you say that. But, it, you know, um, there's a char- the character in there who's sort of addicted to sugar. That's straight from a story from a woman who told me that story. Like, and and that was her vice as, as strong as heroin, you know, um, lollies. And she lost all her teeth and just, you know, um, would play the pokies and eat lollies. And it's like, you know, that character's in there, she's in that book, you know, and it's sort of... Um, yeah, I, I'm so glad you say that, like that that those characters felt real or the or the humanity is in there and, mm. and it's really trying to get that point across which i'd like totally had been told to me by the people from the shelter yeah. like can you please not just write about um the foot sores and the bloody muscular skeletal um issues that we have and 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 the sadness that's on the street can you talk about um the moments of trauma that uh, actually put us here and and suddenly that becomes very connecting because we've all had moments of trauma and we all know that we are genuinely, you know, three steps away ourselves from the gutter, mm. like everyone yeah. is, and it's less say now that. because it's, it's less, isn't yeah, it? And it's it's it's, it's less, right? Yeah. yeah once we less, think about yeah. that, you know, we're like, it, it becomes mm. a little bit more real. And you know what you said about that woman's yeah. addiction, addiction to sugar, um, and uh, and whether yeah. it's sugar or drink or heroin or cigarettes or whatever it is or whatever it is we yeah. do, it's all just an attempt to escape that despair. And we all do it, you know, yeah, whether totally. it's we binging Netflix or we're you know, oh, yeah. junk eating junk food at midnight. We all have our thing yeah. that tries to get us out of the despair. And so that's what I mean about not not just putting that judgment on people immediately because yeah. you know, despair runs in different ways in, in depending on who it is. Oh the quiet the quiet hustle that we all make yeah, on a daily I like basis. That. The quiet you wake hustle. up oh, I like that. The quiet hustle and the desperate <laughs> hustle, you know, like we're just keeping it to ourselves yeah. and we're all just trying to manage. And I say this thing, like, it's like, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta get your kids out the door. And if you don't have any kids, you gotta get yourself out the door. And then you've just got to live a life of good fortune and some grace for about eight hours and then get yourself back into safety behind that front door and then face it all over again. And it's like, yeah, yeah I get it, man. When people want to stop, you know, I get it. And yeah. and there's so many people in Lola in the Mirror that just want to stop. And our girl understands that. And this girl who's an artist and she's got so many big dreams in her head, she, that's what she's fighting. She's fighting her own. Like she wants, she wants to she wants to jump in the river, Danny. Like she does. And and I just love that she just keeps clinging to these sort of these beautiful parts of that very that small that microcosm that she's in, you know, literally one end of the Brisbane River to the other, crossing this incredibly romantic bridge that's so not romantic, but mm-hmm. I see it as a bridge cross crossing the Seine, you know, and it's like, um, but but she's and that's all part of her world too. It's like she's gonna try and see this place as this beautifully romantic place as well, where an artist, where someone could become an artist like Picasso, um, even in the such a depressing place as where she's at at the at that point. And it's sort of like well, that's 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 just every person who gets up every day and gets out the door and and continues on in the in the quiet hustle. I loved the way you talked about that safe place, and I often think that safety is also with people. You know, I tell my kids, you know, 
yeah, the, our house is a safe place, but it's wherever we're together is, you know, where we're that safety. And so I, I sort of felt that with Lola and her, the artist and her mother, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, that safety that they had between they were living rough, you know, but they found yeah. that safety in their community. And I think that's what, sort of keeps us getting up in the morning. Those people we see, we, we feel safe with. And it's odd because my safe place is with a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old as well as my partner. But when, you know, he's not here, my safe place is with kids, you know. And, oh. and when you think about that, you think, oh, that's interesting. But it is because yeah. you think it's that you've got, you love each other, that you've got that unconditional love. You're going to get, you know, annoyed at each other, but you know that's never going to stick. And you've got each other's back. You know, it's that kind of safety that... I think you only really have in your life with a finite amount of people. Oh man, you're so right. I, it's so I, I first sort of you know exploration into the Brisbane homeless um, situation that's out there. Sort of you know I started about 15 years ago. The first thing I did was just go fully homeless for a week, and it was just this slightly flawed exercise magazine. Thing where I, I had no money and I begged out in front of um, Tiffany's jewelry store and I had a sign saying need um, money for a boarding house and uh, that was a really powerful story in the end but but I remember a homeless person coming up to me this was at this 139 club which is the one that was the inspiration for the well in in that in Lola in the mirror and uh, this person came up and just said, yeah, yeah, this is all well and good. And, and we really appreciate you trying, you know, thanks for the effort. But you know that you're not getting the the real experience because you have something that many of us don't have, which is love, which is knowing that there are, in my case, I had a wife and two young kids waiting for me in a house, you know, it was, we were living at Dara then. And, um, and, and it's so true. That is, that is the thing. And it's, and it's like, you don't, this is why the characters in, um, in Lola are often saying, don't call me homeless, call me houseless because to them, they have a home and they have found a home exactly like what you're saying, Denny. Like you don't, you don't necessarily need a roof over your head to feel safe with those two beautiful kids of yours. You know what I mean? Like you would feel, yeah, it's it's like it's shelter that you need, and they need that. But what but what you're describing is a bubble that is completely invisible, and it's built out of your absolute devotion to those people in your life. And and it's like that's so true. And it's like we all need that place. And the artist and her mom. And I love that you call her the artist. Thank you for that because she's kind of <laughs> nameless all through it. And I do call her the artist all the time. She calls I herself the artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very highfalutin, but um. But it's so true. It's just like you, you know, you know, you, you, we, we will find our homes wherever they are, mate. I mean, don't even get me started. Like, there are times, you know, all of this stuff, Danny, is very deep in in terms of my own kind of history. Like, my my mum had a lot of shit go down, and and you know, she's absolutely had her times where she's had to find a home within the love of her four sons, mm-hmm. and that might not necessarily mean a roof, a steady roof, you know, and. It's what you just said is so friggin' beautiful. It's like that she was exactly the same, you know, and she used to tell us that. And and it's so powerful. Like, you know, there's that whole group hug, group hug thing in Boy Swallows Universe. That's very real for us. Like, it's like you you freaking get a family into a group hug and you you got yourself a shelter right there, you know? And it's like, that's that's very real. And and it's like you're you are you are invincible when 
you're a unit like that. And yeah. it, and it, and it's like our girl in in Lola has that as well with with five people she's living with by the river and they're living in cars and they're but when they wake up for brekkie they're a freaking unit you know they're a shelter together and and a, and a kind of human shelter and a human bond that is kind of unbreakable and and um kind of impervious to storms and and you know those horrible queensland storms that hit us all the time well these guys can deal with all that if they've just got that kind of um shared connection that they they have found together and that's why that's that's an incredibly uplifting and positive way to look at life and look at your situation yeah it is and i'm thinking about all the the most important people in my life and i can always guarantee that those are the people who have got my back and how how good Uh, a feeling is that when you know that it doesn't matter what version you are or what stupid decision you make or wherever you are in your life you've got these finite amount of people who got you back and they're like it's all right we've got you like how good is that to have that and if you don't have that like don't jump in the river, the river, because you find them. You'll yeah, find your people. Yeah. You know. Oh, Danny. Yeah, I think you just nailed it. I truly believe that. I truly believe. And and you and you gotta you gotta find it where you can get it. You know, and and it's true. Like like I, I you know I did you know I certainly did that as a boy. You know, like I found it in criminals, like these drug dealers who were raising us. You know, there's. There's no um, coincidence that the girl in the book, you know, latches on mm-hmm. to anyone who throws her a hug or anyone yeah. who buys her the slightest, you know, little Christmas gift or gives her a Christmas bonus and she'll she'll direct her love in all the wrong places, you know, to Flora Box, the kind of real kind of woman who turns out to not be quite all, all that she seems. And uh, and it, and it's true, though. Yeah, we can absolutely do that. And, and uh you know, my whole non-fiction book, Love Stories, was tapping into what you just said. It's like, how do, you, where do you find your love, and where do you find your one, two, three, four people? And it's like you, you know, people. I think people, you need one. You know, I think there are some lucky mofo's who have forty. You know, but <laughs> it's just really good if you can just get one. You know, and it, like some people have five, and I reckon I've got about eight. You know, not you know, ten, twelve. Yeah. That sounds yeah, and I feel so lucky, number. you know, and I've got mm. about sort of, yeah, and I've got three very, very, you know, yeah. top tier, you know, and, and it's, <laughs> yeah. um, and that makes me feel really, really lucky and it's kind of, um, and that's my home, you know, mm. and, and, you know, so, yeah, I, I love the concept of home and, 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 and what it means and, and, uh, and what it requires and, um, and for us, it definitely, you know, I know that we could get by in our Toyota. Like, I, I know that the four of us could get by in a Toyota and call that our home for the rest of our lives if we had to, which people are doing as we speak. And, and you know, up here, I don't know what it's like for you down there, but it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing that now. Like, there are genuinely, you know, every night four cars parked near your local 7-Eleven because, you know, homeless sleeping in cars like to sleep in some place with 24-7 CCTV and artificial light and uh you know and it's just like that's it that's their home you know because no doubt you know it might be sadly like the mum in in lola you know people escaping domestic violence and they're trying to at the same time teach their their children um maths you know and i just i just find i find those people just remarkable and they're out there as we speak tonight you know and um so i want to write about them i want to write about all those people who are finding homes wherever they can find them, you know, out mm. there tonight. And finding your people. I love that. And, you know, I think I used to think of soulmates as just being a romantic notion, but I actually think you can find platonic soulmates and, 
your children who are soulmates and you know all those people who I think you just have those really immediate connections with you know and so I like to think that you know you have you might have one romantic soulmate but I think you've when you find your people you kind of go yeah like I found all these people <laughs> who, who become your home oh, in some man. ways. That's beautiful, Danny. Like the girl in the bookstore and that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's she's what doing I, that. Yeah, she's, right. she's open to it. Like yeah. she's, she's well, searching, I, I won't searching, spoil anything. Searching, yeah. And like there's a moment. It's my favorite part in the book, and it's kind of the reason why I wrote the book. Like there's a moment she it's a it's a kind of it's not even a meet, it's terrible to call it a meet cute, but it was a way of two lovers meeting that I'd never come across before. And I was really excited about it. And, and the only reason that it happens is because she's open. She's open yeah. to the possibility yeah. that, that a soulmate could be found anywhere. In yeah. a, in and I think, city. I think that's true. Like in a world of 8 true. billion people, I think it's unreasonable to think they're going to live across the road. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You've got to be open oh, and you've got to not so be true. actively searching, but you'd be open to it when it arrives. I think. Yeah, yeah. And the other big theme about the book is invisibility. Like it's, she's come to the point where lacking in identification, like literally, which is a common problem on the street, literally like um, people struggling to actually prove who they are. And it was me thinking about that that led to some of that invisibility stuff. Like what if you knew so little about yourself that you genuinely felt you were actively just non-existent and, uh, and, and what if you actually felt so unseen that you, you you know started to feel that you were genuinely invisible and uh and it's only when she starts to sort of see these versions of herself you know that she starts to feel you know capable of being seen by others and 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 capable of being seen by a potential soulmate as well and it's like all of that stuff led to really powerful kind of romantic thoughts inside mm. the book and that's at the heart of that sort of love story is can the, can the invisible girl, you know, um, be seen by by the one person who she really needs to be seen by? And and uh, you know, and I've started to feel that stuff was all very romantic, and and I really loved writing those bits because um, we've all felt a little bit invisible, you know. Yeah. And there are times in our lives, and especially you know, um, a lot of those people sleeping rough, you know, are literally the invisible. Like yeah. they are the invisibles. Like they are the ones who who shift out of the way come 9am, you know, and, and, yeah. and filter out of the city and, and try not to make themselves seen because they literally, you know, risk getting removed from the city and, and being forced to be invisible. And it's sort of like all of that stuff was very powerful sort of um, thematic things for me to play with, you know, in, in Lola in the Mirror. And not having a name too, you know, and I, I, yeah. it struck me as that actually being really important because our parents could have called us anything, right? Trent, Danny. Yeah. Xavier, Tiger Lily, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. So true. When I when I read it, I thought, wow, but it is important. It sort of anchors you, and she anchors herself as the artist and what she does and what she loves and her passion. But it kind of struck me that it's really important to know your name. It's like a starting point of your identity, isn't it? And from yeah. there, then you can find out all the other things. I didn't 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 kind of strike me before how important that sense of identity was. Oh, uh, story by, you know, yeah. written by, yeah. like to tell your story of first, you, first, you need to know who's telling it yeah. and, uh, and to, and to hear a story, you know, it's the first thing to, you want to know is who's, who, where's it coming from? Mm. And, 
Um, I love that that notion. So she's obsessed with names. So the nameless girl is just obsessed with people's <laughs> names, and yeah. she she sort of has made it a bit of a hobby where she just you know takes it upon herself to find out the origins of people's names, and it's so beautiful. They they they're often filled with so many great yeah, stories, and that. you know my my brothers and I were named after cowboys. My dad read a um you know used to read oh, cowboy westerns all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Dalton <laughs> boys were like you know well the Dalton the Dalton gang is a, like is sort of a, a a bunch of sort of um you know cowboys anyway, but um <laughs> but all of our names, names are named after these so- uh, Trent. Jesse, Ben, and Joel. So oh. I don't know who I don't know who Ben and I were, but Joel was a classic sort of guy in these serials, and Jesse was um, no doubt possibly Jesse James. Jesse James, um, yeah. yeah. And Trent was like a guy in one of these Western serials. My my dad sort of that you is know. fantastic. But Trent actually is a British sort of like uh, river it. and stuff. But yeah, what about Danny? <laughs> Tell me about Danny. And is it Danielle or is it? Yeah, like, my yeah. real name's Danielle, and I was named after my uncle. So my uncle lived with us, Daniel. Um, for a very long time, had a you know bit of a complicated life, and he was my mum's brother, and so they were very close. But he was kind of more, he was very close to my age, sort of in the middle. So I grew up with him as an only child, but he ended up sort of being wow. that that sort of brother of mine that I didn't have, ah. and um, so I was named after him. So that's kind of special. Well, this is this is what the girl, this is what the artist does in Lola. Like she, every that's a beautiful story, Danny. Like that's like you. The you know me asking you about your name leads to you talking about someone clearly huge in your life, yeah. you know, and it, it's so beautiful. And it's like she finds that all the time too. She's she's desperate to find out where these name names come from that all these people have, and oftentimes people are going it doesn't mean anything, but it means something because the person named it after yeah, someone. It's it like does. it's not the meaning of the name that it's it's the person I was named after that yeah. has all the meaning. It's like that's something she finds out all the time too that that uh we're often named after and she's like oh of course often it gets back to family and that's the mm. one thing she wants more than anything she wants that she wants that story because she wants family and and uh you know she wants a she wants a bunch of people that she can identify with underneath a christmas tree yeah. and, and she wants all that yeah, you're right. and stuff it's, it's odd because i do feel a, a a connection like i hadn't seen him for a long time because he'd moved but i wow. still always felt that connection yeah. with him so he actually lives in in queensland and i saw him a year ago right. and it just felt that connection again you know it's like oh i don't know i don't know if it had to do with the name or the relationship or a whole bunch of things yeah. but you just feel connected yeah. to that person i think oh completely it's it builds the story it builds mm. the story of yeah, you like and that. and uh you know all of that stuff's very important that's that's why it's so important to her and it's sort of it gets back to w- what is that person staring back at you in the mirror like okay the name danny helps in that that quest to find out you know that's a starting point you can build a whole bunch of things from there but let's start with that danny and then you got mom and then you got podcaster and then you got like this amazing friend and you you know you got all these other elements but it's like so handy to start at a yeah. place that you can build from and, it you know, really is. I, i've just got the, <laughs> the, the one of the first pages open of the tyrannosaurus waltz and you've got these beautifully oh, disturbing images in there and they are beautiful but they yeah. are disturbing and they're meant to be i just want you to talk me through these amazing illustrations why they're there what they mean talk to me about them yeah i i i love, love the idea of the chapters each chapter in lol in the mirror opens with an illustration by an incredible sydney artist by the name of paul heppel 
Paul did the most remarkable thing, Danny, after he read Boy Swallows Universe. He he sketched an image of Slim, who's real life man that I, I kind of grew up with when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, extraordinary Queensland criminal, escaped the inescapable Bogaro prison. And, and in my sort of fictional version or semi-autobiographical version of that kind of relationship, the one I had in real life with Slim Halliday, I had it so Eli Bell completely an avatar for me, um, went fishing on my favourite bridge in uh, in Brisbane, the Hornybrook Bridge, where I used to fish as a boy with my old man. And uh, there's a scene, basically, it's the scene where Slim, um, he actually sort of, he, he reaches his end and he's catching a flathead and uh, and he's coughing his guts up because he's got emphysema and uh, and he, he, he he's just about to get the flathead up onto the bridge uh, but the 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 line snaps and the, the fish goes into the water and and then poor Eli discovers that his great friend is is dead and uh, and Paul sketched the most remarkable sketch of like just before all that drama happened and things are just beautiful and and it's just this back version it's you only see Eli's back and you only see Slim's back and the the fishing rod and it and it was the most amazing sketch and he just wrote this thing like sent it to me his wife i think prompted him he wasn't even going to send it and his wife was like you just got you got to get under Trent dalton and like tell that guy that you've done this beautiful sketch and sent me this sketch and it was so beautiful and i just happened to say to him at some point like i would love because i just love i love heart and i love um i'm a massive you know like i grew up on comic books and x-men and graphic novels and and i just said paul like um if you ever um want to ever kind of just can we just keep talking and it might be something and anyway i'm writing lola and, and she draws right that that yeah. is just something um you know the artist in the book you know she 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 tries to process the the strangeness and the traumas like and and you know how do you possibly but there's a fact any like i used to struggle to process the weirdness of a monster of a man um hitting a woman like i've just that's just shit I saw, and and I just, I just could not ever process that, and I found it very difficult. And I think I did process it a little bit in Boy Swallows Universe. I didn't took me until like thirty eight years of age. I wish I could have done what Paul can do and, and process it through drawings and through the wonder of art. And uh, and I said oh, I wouldn't. I just said in my head like, wouldn't it be amazing if each chapter started with an illustration that was our girls? Like it's 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 the artist in the book. It's yeah. our girl. It's our nameless seventeen year old who's on the run from the monster. And what if she did process the narrative that is unfolding for the reader in these beautiful art pieces, these sketches that she sees? And it's just the same stuff. She does the same thing that I do with words, and I I, I write things I see out a train window and I put them in notebooks, but she just draws. And um, and so then I started to develop these these drawings like in my head, but I can't draw them. I can't draw Danny. And so <laughs> like an art piece called the Tyrannosaurus Waltz, which is, you know, developed from genuinely the Tyrannosaurus Waltz, which is the illustration that opens the book, is is absolutely that moment which many, tragically, many Australian women are very familiar with, Um in, in kitchens in Australia, which is that horrible dance where you're trying to get past the man who professes to love you and he won't he won't let you get past. And he takes mm-hmm. a step to the left and you take a step to the right and he takes a step to the right and and on it goes mm-hmm. um, until the end, and, um, until the dance ends often in violence. And 
you know, that's just like, that's just something I saw in the late 80s and, and 90s. And, and it, you know, it's just something that always like freaking put a chill down my spine. And I just sort of came to call it the Tyrannosaurus Waltz. It's, mm. it's, a, it's the dance with monsters. It's mm. the monster dance. And uh, it's the and dance I, I of know, the tyrant lizard. Yeah. And there was some dark, obviously there was a bit of dark humour there, but, you know, from my perspective and, you know, experience that I've had in my life, it was just you captured that dance just incredibly well because it is a dance but there's so much fear in that dance and you know i just thought wow like i've never heard it described in that way before but you know i think sadly a lot of women can relate to that which i did already (laughs) already danny yeah already i've had women tell me it's just like thank you for putting a friggin so as i i call paul up and i say mate this girl draws. That was all I had to say. I said, she draws. And I told him the whole Lola in the Mirror story. I said, she draws. And he goes, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> and then I would kind of send these little directions of what the piece would look like. And and in that one, yeah, the guy's got a, got a Tyrannosaurus Rex head, you know, on a suit. And the woman has to be small. Like she has to be so small, you know, she, cause she, it's the fear has made her feel yeah, so small. Feel in small. This dance oh, and they can and... make you feel small, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's it. And, and it's, um, yeah. And he just did that with each chapter, Danny. Like it, it's, it's the most remarkable thing. It's and incredible. so the, the illustrations, um, flag a narrative that you're about flag the chapter and the story that you're about to read but it's but it's our girl's version too you know what i mean so 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 these these illustrations aren't to be trusted just like the 17 year old girl self and her wild imagination um might be telling a different story so yeah it's it's an aspect i just cannot wait for people to sort of (laughs) dive into because it's because you can sit on an illustration and fill that story in yourself and i just i get so proud when i think of you know, women out there who will be familiar with that dance and going, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember yeah. that. And, and just I can't, to like, you see know, it and when I say that, the way you did it, it yeah, it just gave it another yeah. another way of looking at it. It was incredible. And that's what I mean about human connection. The, the, you know, like your connection yeah. with Paul, that communication, you know, he sent you a piece of art, which I think is really special when people send you their art, whether it's a, a line yeah. in a poem or a book or a drawing or whatever it is. Like I find that really special when it's kind of like you're sending a part of yourself to somebody else. And then, you know, you forged that connection later, which then created this book. So I often think even small or fleeting connections can often be also so important. Yep. You know, that connection with that person for a year can be so much stronger than the person you've known oh, your yeah. whole life. You know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. No, no, it's the soul mileage. It's it soul can, mileage. Like, it's yeah. like, yeah. Oh, where I love you gone? that. Did you just say soul where... mileage? Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. I love that so hard. So, listen to the, <laughs> so, oh, you're so sweet. Um, but yeah, it is. It's that sort of where did you, where did you, where did your bloody souls go together? Oh, and, and, uh, but, but don't even get me but, but, every day, but, <laughs> but chasing that feeling is really important. And this is why this thing, honestly, Danny, like it felt so pure to me, like what Paul and I were trying to do and where yeah. it was going. It was so artistic and so creative Gorgeous. for both of us. And, and it was just, the, and it was just by the end of it, we were so proud of it. Like mm. it was so ambitious and such a wild swing for the fence, anyway. Which is just wonderful, anyway. I just think we should be doing that as always, writers and creative people. You know, always right. <laughs> Why the hell not? You know, oh, like yeah, just 
just go for it. And it was like, but I'm so proud of of where we got because it, it just got deeper and deeper and deeper and the illustrations start to become, you'll see it. Like anyone who reads it will see they're in, they're in a central part of the story. Like it's like they become the answers to the questions themselves. And it's sort of like, but it's her, it's this girl Paul was drawing her. He was becoming her. Like he became mm-hmm. the character and he, he was yeah. seeing the world. I'd send him each chapter and I'd have these directions of what the illustration could be. And he would see that world and just sort of see it through her eyes. And so then he, he would send back so that the mum in that Tyrannos, Tyrannos, uh, Tyrannosaurus Waltz illustration that opens the book, he's never seen my mum, right? Paul's never seen met my mum and he just draws my mum. Like he draws... <sighs> Wow. The size of her legs, like the pint-sized <laughs> kind of fit, pint-sized kind of small woman in a kitchen wearing the same stuff. You know, it was just like it easily just be my... Anyway, I was just it's like, man, you know, how did you know that? Anyway, it was like just things like that would happen. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's amazing when you do mm. connect with these people. Mm. Just go it for is. it and go. It was such a, such a long shot, you know, and it was such a strange request that he got from me and he just went all the way. Yeah. So that. no, it's, um, it's great. I can't wait for people to read <laughs> really it. Really yeah. special. Now, before I let you go, Trent, you always, you never tell me exactly what the next yeah. book is about. And I love that, but you just give me these ideas of what you're thinking about, what's bothering you. What are you feeling? I remember you were doing this before, um, your, your book before last year ring skies you sort of just gave me this vibe about i've got this vibe about thinking about oh this. really and then the book came out i'm like oh my god this is <laughs> oh so wow, i want to wow. know what's bothering yeah. you what are you thinking about what are you trying to unpack and then i'm going to try and find it in the next book <laughs> oh that's so funny all right i'll tell i'll tell you this really highfalutin nonsense and then you'll be able to sort of yeah fantastic because there is there is something i've been thinking about oh, i'm very yeah. interested I, I didn't doubt that i want i actually <laughs> I want to write. I am actually want to write something about like, like I'm 44, and I want to write about like people my own age, you know. And uh, but also, I'm interested in um, in the fact that uh, we never asked to be held by gravity to Earth, and uh, and uh, and the 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 deal that is made for us that we have to stay here. And, uh, and, 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 you know, what, what if there's a guy who just wants to float away? Wow. That's really abstract. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's a friendship story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with it. I'm totally, I was going to be thinking about it for like two years now or whenever your next book comes out because, yeah, literally, but it's like the metaphor of the mirror, right? It's like the metaphor of the mirror of, you know, I'm already, I'm already starting to think my old English teacher brain of like, you know, being forced to be somewhere or being somewhere where you don't feel like you belong or wanting to search for where you feel like you you would belong better or your people you know like such important that's right that's right that's right yeah like we we've had the laws of gravity thrust upon us you know yeah anyway but but, you know that's just life but it's like but yeah it's a yeah it's a it's a lovely sort of thing i've been thinking about just just you know um just actually defying the laws of gravity, oh, you know, yeah, and yeah. and as a as an act of defiance, you know, and it's like, yeah. Anyway, but uh, but that that's just yeah oh. that that's not we're no, near what the actual right. story's about. I, I love those that's beginning one of the underlying yeah, but I love those beginning preliminary I'm, ideas because yeah, you never know where yeah, they end yeah. up. And I love the idea yeah. of you know defiance. Oh, that's because I think we do. I think in order to survive, 
we have to be a bit defiant, Trent. You know, we've got to yeah, be defiant yeah. against the anxiety and defiant oh, about those things that come up that you can't control and you've got to kind of just be a bit of a rebel. Otherwise, you do sink. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah. That, and that's a choice. That's a choice. And and it does get hard back to that choice. thing. It's, it was, Sometimes you can't, yeah. you know, it's hard to be defined, that's right. but I think you have to yeah, try. Yeah, that's right. It's like, and it, you said it beautifully before about you get it now, you know, and, and I think when I was 20, if someone ever gave up the struggle, gave up, I'd always be very critical. Oh, that's bullshit, man. I'm yep. like, you know, like Kurt Cobain, like my hero. I was just like always angry, you know, mm. I was like, oh, shit, man, like. You know, why did that beautiful man give up like that? And, uh, but yeah, man, I'm 44 now and I just like, yeah, I completely understand yeah. at least. You and know sometimes what I mean? like, we've all given up in some ways, you know, maybe not to, yeah. you know, the extent of Kurt Cobain, sadly, but, you know, we've all had that moment. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Um, exactly. Exactly. You know, and yeah. hopefully yeah. we do. But I think sometimes you just get those moments that just go, can yeah. I do this? I don't want to do this. And, you know, yeah. but I think that defiance needs to yeah. be stronger than those little moments where you feel like <laughs> that's so true. Out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, Trent, mm. we always just go on these beautiful deep. Tangents. I love. No, I love it. I love it. I love <laughs> I hope it, no one was yeah, after a yeah. light, fluffy chat because you've come to the wrong place. <laughs> oh, it's the best. No, Danny, I love chatting to you, and like, yeah, no, I'm. I just um. I love everything about what you do and your love of books and just it's just been the coolest thing. So thanks for like, you know, chatting for a bit to me. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so well, great. Thank you for Lola. It was lovely catching up at HarperCollins the other day. It's always nice. So the Zooms we can sit on and chat for as long as we want, but it's always nice to see people in, in person and go, oh, look, you exist as a oh, real life person. Amazing. That event was amazing. That <laughs> was, was so beautiful. Yeah. Was, and especially gorgeous. like, yeah, it, there's nothing like that, like doing the full thing and going like, Here's what here's what I'm trying to say with this thing, or you know, and just just getting people, yeah, in there in a room. They're all just like book lovers who just, you know, yeah, it's it's been wonderful. And, then, and COVID and was a nightmare for and- me, Trent, because I'm a big hugger. Like I just love to hug people, yeah. right? And COVID was yeah. a nightmare for me. I couldn't hug anybody. So yeah. now I'm just back in the game. <laughs> oh, I think it made this terrible hug sort of idiot out of me. Yeah, because now. <laughs> I do. Like, I, I, I'm I'm just so full. Of, and my wife, we talk about it all the time. Like, I've really, really tried to hold back. Like, you should see me at, like, book events. Like, it's terrible. Like, someone says the slightest, like, thing about how else my books might have meant something to them. And I'll just, like, wrap my arms around them and just embrace them. And I have to remember, like, no, they don't want the hug sometimes. <laughs> they just they just want to say something nice. They, they didn't need a hug, you know. And so, yeah, I know. And I think that might be COVID-related, like a legacy where I'm just, like, so grateful to see anyone, you know, in a nice public forum, mm-hmm. you know, again. But, yeah, there's so, there's something about that, though, Thank like you. as far as this game. Like, it's yeah. they're, they're the moments where it all starts to mean something to you. Like, mm-hmm. it, you actually find out what you wrote you know like so that those events like that are actually sort of super important i love that and i love how you said you've got to check yourself with your wife but isn't it nice having someone in your life that just accepts you for who you are you know like i feel like you and i we're both really optimistic and we just hug everyone we meet and that could be difficult for some partners and i've actually sort of said to my partners is this weird for you that I just like would like just to hug everyone and everyone's my best friend? He's like, no, no, it's like this is just who you are. But isn't that cool when you meet someone and they can just accept that that's you? 
Yeah, well, absolutely. And my <laughs> wife is incredibly patient like that. I've also started to do this thing when I sign off on an email. I do like, um, I'll just go, I'm, I'm just doing it now. And I don't know why, but it's just like life's too short. So I just go, I love you. Like I'll just Aww. go, I love you. I love like me. to just, to someone like I've only met for like a week or like it's like, you know, like it's a pretty, and, but my wife has started to understand like, no, that's just my thing now. I'm just doing yeah. it. I don't know why it feels so much. E- it's like, and love has different okay, well, measures, I, you know, like you can be deeply yeah. in love with your romantic partner. You just love hanging out with this person. You know, I, I, I remember yeah, just meeting, yeah. you know, some people who were fellow writers and you just have this instant, I think chemistry is instant. Yeah. Right? And it's platonic chemistry, but this instant of like, I think I said to one of my friends, I'm good friends with now. And he remembers, he's like, I think the first time we met, you said, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> That's just who yeah. I am, and I'm never yeah. going to change. Yeah, and it's like we will, damn it. All right, yeah, yeah. No pressure. But we're vibe. just going to be best friends. I can just feel. And like, are you? Did you? Yeah, I guess we're really you, good yeah, friends. You, yeah, you're really. Yeah. Oh man, I've done that. But hey, they're the best sort of. They are often the best relationships you've, you've got. Yeah, you just like. I know. They're, you can't, yeah, you it's can't a wonderful fight thing, that and you got to write it. Chemistry, yeah, that chemistry when you have oh, with anyone yeah, platonically or whatever, keep it, hold it, oh, grab oh. it. Don't even get me started, but but the older you get, it starts to become they're the only relationships you want in your life. Yeah. You know, they're the, yep. you know, and you start to go, hang on, no, that's that felt really oh, good. And I just want to surround yeah. myself with people like that, you know. Oh, my and, God, we are on uh, the same vintage because I just had this conversation yesterday that I said, I'm in a stage in my life where I'm not going to do any more have-tos and I'm not going to be in yeah. a room where I'm not welcome. I don't have oh, yeah, the, yeah. I'm not I don't have the bandwidth for any of that. I would rather yeah, go at yeah. home and read a book on my own than be in a room that I'm not welcoming. <laughs> and I'm only gonna yeah, be with yeah. people who I love and love me back, whether you know, whatever that love scale is. <laughs> I'm only gonna be in in rooms with people like that because I'm kind of done with all the have tos, you know. So it's funny that you said the same thing. Okay, well, so you should have seen me in like the if you think I'm whatever I am now, you should have seen me in the early 2000s. I was like a puppy dog around the sort of journo's newsroom, right? Like just so excited to be, just have a job and so excited to just be doing anything and making some money out of words. And I just remember there was this one guy. I would try and nod at this guy at least once a day in the halls and we'd pass each other. And I was just like, hello, hello, like trying to, Trying to just win this person. Trying to break him. And I, and I, <laughs> trying to break him with just my sheer enthusiasm. Spaniel kind I of energy. Get it. And, uh, so get it. And it, 10 years went by, Danny. <laughs> 10 years of this. And then eventually, I swear to God, I think like I became a dad or something. I just went, nice. I'm, I'm going to stop nodding at that guy. <laughs> I'm totally going to stop. I'm just going to stop doing it. Why, why do I do this to myself? Like hurting myself like this. Guess what? Like, I swear to God, a month of just head down, eyes straight, give nothing. The dude nods at me. Oh. Like, g'day. Hey, Trent. Like, it was just the most amazing thing in life, <laughs> man. That's just how life works. Yeah. It is. It is. And I, I have been described as a puppy myself, Trent. But Yeah, really? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah just as you said, I'm like, yeah. yep, that's. But you know what? Puppy enthusiasm. No. Own and that. I'm all Own for that. it. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I do. I do. <laughs> Oh, seriously, you know, yeah, you know, you don't want to be like a wolf, you know, or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, agree, <laughs> Do you? I, I mean, maybe some, some well, days. There's a lot too, to be excited yeah. and 
and optimistic about in life. Life's hard. Yeah, it can be. But, you know, there's a lot to be grateful oh. for, enthusiastic for, optimistic for. And I think whenever oh. you find those glimmers of moments, no matter how fleeting or small or whatever, you've got to grab them. Grab them yeah. and don't let them go. Oh, so true. Do you ever do the gratitude chat with your kids and you're trying to sort of go like, we, need, we, need, we really need more gratitude in this house, please. <laughs> Damn it, Just be grateful. <laughs> please be grateful. Yeah. Doesn't work, All does it? Yeah, I've tried that too. I'll keep chipping away at it. Anyway, Trent, That's always, right. always glorious you, speaking to you. I hope we spoke about your book a bit. No, we did, but we do oh, go we in did. those really we did. deep It was great. It was things. a lot about it. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's an honour and um, congrats on everything with the show. It's such a joy to be on again. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Trent.